Hi, I'm Walter Harvey, the senior pastor at Parklawn Assembly of God. Parklawn is a church that both regular attenders and even unchurched people love to attend. Why? Perhaps it's because we seek real and authentic relationships. We're a multicultural church that's engaged in volunteerism and outreach in our community and world. Let's face it, we live in a real world. Young people are facing challenges in their school, relationships, and career choices. That's why we're focused on practical matters, such as making faith work in family, career, and community issues. If you're tired of church as usual, or you don't go to church at all, then Parklawn Assembly of God could be the perfect place for you. Come check it out this weekend. We have services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Parklawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. Today, our focus is going to be recalibration. Everyone say recalibration. One more time, recalibration. Amen. Uh, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Uh, Media team, don't put it up yet, but I want you to put a bookmark there because I'm going to come back to it uh, in a few moments. But I want to establish some context so that you understand why we're going to depart in Scripture from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. This is New Testament, one of Paul's epistles to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. When you have it there, just put a bookmark, put a pen there. We'll come back to it. But I need to establish this point of order this morning. God wants to use you to change the world. One for the Father. I'm going to say it again. God wants to use you to change the world. Two for the Son. One more time. God wants to use you to change the world. Three for the Holy Ghost. I'm convinced that one of the reasons that we abuse ourselves in society, one of the reasons that we abuse one another when I say we, I'm talking about the populace in general. We see a lot of examples of abuse, and we just heard an appeal related to bullying. That is a form of abuse. Bullying happens between children, but it also happens between adults. We don't talk about that a lot, though. You got bullying in the workplace between superiors often and those who are their subordinates. We have nations that bully other nations. They come in like, Debo, give me your bike. Give me your resources. Give me your money. Bullying other nations. Now, let me just put a disclaimer. I'm probably going to make somebody uncomfortable, but it's okay. God can heal you. We got men often who bully women. I didn't get a whole lot of amens on that. And vice versa, we got some women that often bully men. Yeah. (laughs) Family members who bully family members. I'm the oldest. I raised you. Who fed you when mama wasn't there? And using those experiences to lord over those who are younger. You better listen to me. 
These are just a manifestation of abuse, whether we realize it or not. And I believe that this is the result of the fall of man. You see, this is, this is why God wants to use you to change the world, because in the beginning, God set you in place. You meaning who? Mankind. To rule the world. Yes, he did. When he created man and when he created woman, he said, the Bible says that he blessed them. And he gave them dominion. The book of Psalms 115 says that the earth is heaven's, the, sorry, the, the heavens are heaven's, are the, are the Lord's throne, but the earth has he given to the children of man. He's put you in place, mankind, to rule, to subdue the earth. Adam was given a job. The Lord told him, hey, this is your garden. You dress it. You keep it. In other words, you cultivate it. You grow it. You make it better. You protect it. You preserve it. You, 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 you guard over it. You watch over it. When God created man, the Bible says he formed him from the dust, the dust, the dirt of the earth. That Hebrew word is hummus. And he breathed life into him. And he became a living soul. Man is a spirit. The Hebrew word is ish. And a human is a spirit in a dirt body. And you and I are walking, talking, moving and grooving, living and breathing weapons, instruments of mass production and mass destruction. But part of the problem is, through the fall of man, we, we lost our significance. We, we lost the connection and the understanding of what God originally created us to do. Sin did that. You see, the Bible says that man was created and crowned with glory and with honor. 1 Corinthians 11 and 7 says this, that, that, that man or humanity is actually the glory of God. That, that, that word glory in the Greek is doxa. And what that means is it speaks of recognition. In other words, and I'll say this very briefly, God intended that when creation saw mankind, when he saw people, when, when creation saw people, they would in effect be looking at him. Adam was created in his image and likeness. The understanding there is that uh, it was like an illusion. It was almost like you had to do a double take. When Adam moved and when he walked in the garden, when he was naming animals and when he was cultivating the garden, creation had to do a double take like, I thought God was over there, but it looked like he was just right here. That's how intimate, that's how intricate, that's how fearfully and wonderfully God created you, mankind. He created you with glory so much so, you got to understand how bad you are. See, I, 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 like, I like to listen to a guy named Stephen A. Smith, and sometimes he gets on people's nerves because he's so loud, but when he talks about Aaron Rodgers, I like to listen to him because he says Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Church, you some bad people. God established a principle in the earth, the law in the earth, that he would not transgress. When he said, let them have dominion, he even established that it's illegal for even me to occupy and to traverse the grounds, the sands of the earth, unless I have a body. 
The only being that's legal, functioning on the earth is a spirit in a body. So your body is a weapon. No wonder we have so many things working to abuse our bodies. No wonder we have so many things working to, to tear down our health. No wonder we have so much sexual promiscuity rampant in the earth because it's an abuse of our body. The body was made for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God wants to use you to rule the earth. And what sin, what sin does is sin causes us to lose our glory. Because of sin, we had an ever-fading glory. Think about this. The Bible says that Adam was 930 years old when he died. That's how powerful God made your body. Get that, 930 years. What kind of body was he in? What glory he possessed? And that word glory also represents authority. It represents weight. Uh, it's like that person that we might say in society has the big stick. They got all the keys. In other words, that's that person that just like in the Lion King, when, they, when you say their name, people start to tremble. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Authority. It's like when Bishop walk in the room. You don't have to say it, but I know it's the truth. When Bishop come around, people straighten up. They might have been slouching around. They straighten up. Why? Because he's got authority. But sin caused us to lose our glory. This is why Paul says that we go from glory to glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, every time we take a step in God, every time we move forward in God, guess what? We are regaining our glory. We're stepping into our authority. And Jesus did it all for you and for me. When he defeated sin, hell, death, and the grave at the cross, he was reclaiming that glory for mankind. Saints, God loved you so much, and he was so committed to his original plan so much that he left glory. He left the splendor of the heavens, and he said, you know what? I'm all in on this thing. I didn't create man just to discard man. I'm all in on this thing. And I love mankind so much that I will get in the body my own self and come and reconcile the world to me. I'm not going to rely on their devices. I'm not going to rely on their obedience. I'm going to step in to a body. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's how much you mean to God. That's how important you and I are to God. So when I say that you are some bad people, you got to know it. This is why the devil fights you with depression. This is why he fights you with tormenting ideas and thoughts. You, you never satisfy with yourself. Every time you look in the mirror, you drop your head. Or every time you, some, you, somebody gives you a compliment, you, you question it. He does not want you to step and reclaim your glory. Because if you get a revelation of how bad you are, I'm telling you some things are going to shake in your marriage. Some things are going to shake in your family. Some things are going to shake in the workplace that you go to, in the environment that you traverse in. Some things are going to change because he wants to use you to change the world. And as much as... Our bodies are powerful and potent and beautiful and fearful and wonderful. There's another body that's even greater. There's another body that's even more powerful. There's another body that's even more potent. And guess what? It's the body of Christ. Somebody say the body of Christ. You see, on our own, we can do some good things. 
On our own, we can make some progress, but together, guess what? We are so much better. Together, we are so much better. In other words, long gone are the days when, when people can sit back and watch the preacher do all the work. Long gone are the days when people can sit back and just let the choir sing and give God praise. No, no, he put a praise in you that he wants to have released in the earth. It's time to step forward. Somebody say step forward. Now let's go to Ephesians 4, 16. I'm reading from the, the Passion Translation. I like this translation. Ephesians 4, 16, it says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Notice that. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. In other words, the body of Christ is suffering because there's some among us, there's some among us who have not been activated yet. There's some, of, there's some among us who've not got the revelation of just how much they are loved and how important they are to God. And because they've not received that revelation or embraced that revelation, even though the word goes forth Sunday after Sunday, month after month, year after year, even though the word is coming forward, they have not activated and stepped into the gift, the membership ministry that God has called them into. And as a result, the church... Big C is not as strong as it could be, as she should be as the bride of Christ. And as a result, even local bodies, even this local body, is not even as strong as it could be. And it won't be until every member contributes to the growth of all. Until every member is doing what God put them on the earth to do. If you believe that, clap your hands. Ephesians 4, 7 says that Jesus gave special gifts to everybody. I don't care what your background is. I don't care who your mother was. I don't care if you came from a, your family came from a podunk city in the south. I don't care. I don't care if you did a bid in prison. You have a gift from God. You might say, well, brother... Pastor, I got a whole bunch going on in my life. It's, it's so much that's interfering. I want to do it, but you, you just don't know my story. Guess what? Call it whatever you want to. You can call it, we, we, we can call it buried treasure. Because beneath all the dirty stuff, there's gold in you. Beneath all the stuff that you would say is trash or God can't use me because this is in the way, there is gold in you. And it's our responsibility to help you recognize that and bring it out. Now, if you, have a, if you have a phone, I want you to raise, raise that phone in the air. And I, I want you to just don't wave it because you might drop it and we can't pay that bill. Just lift it up. Now, if you have an if you, if you Android phone, I want you to put your hand down. iPhone people, we're going to pray for them after service. <laughs> they didn't get the revelation yet. Come on, you can be so much greater. If you come on to the iPhone side, all my iPhone people make some noise. <laughs> Amen. Listen, listen. When we talk about roots, restoration, reformation, renewal, and then today recalibration, we have to understand 
that the future is calling for something different in our ability to advance the kingdom of God. Right? We're dealing with bullying on a whole other level. It's not that it didn't exist, but it's been intensified so much. There are challenges that our children are facing that didn't, didn't necessarily come at us with this intensity when we were younger. The future is mandating that the sons and daughters of God come forth in all of their glory, all of their strength. It's just like technology. Technology advances. I mean, I'm, you know, there's conspiracies about Apple and why they bring out so many iPhones. This is just a little bit of a, a, a sidebar. But it seems like every time we turn around, it's a new one coming out. Right? And just when I thought I was on the ball, right? Like, man, I got the iPhone 8. They on like 11 now. <laughs> like, man, I thought I caught up. But it's always advancing. Right? And, and, and what's also true is that in the spirit and with the, and with the people of God, we have to be always advancing. In other words, the message never changes. Come on, we are preaching the same message that the apostles preached in their day. The post-ascension apostles, those who, who, who the, actually the, the pre-ascension, right? Those who were with Jesus even before he ascended. And then even those who were with him after. We preached the same message, but guess what? The methods change. There are engineers, there are scientists who have recognized that the means by which we communicate, the means by which we network, the means by which uh, different platforms can interact with one another has to evolve and has to grow and has to change. Raise your hand if you've heard of something called 5G technology, 5G. Again, I thought I was doing something because I have 4G. But now they're talking about 5G. The other day, my son and I were somewhere. He was like, Dad. I said, what? He's like, he got a flip phone. <laughs> I said, son, that's OK. As long as it may cause, he's good. <laughs> right. He was like, he got a flip phone. Like, <laughs> if you got a flip phone, flip phone, please don't be condemned. We love you. If it works for you, keep on moving and grooving. No, 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 no condemnation here. But when you can have better, why not have it? If you can have greater, why not have it? If you can excel at a more rapid pace and speed, why not have it? And so here's some, some, from some facts about why 5G is important. With 5G technology, the latency uh, uh, in the response time between when you click on a link and, and get a response is reduced. Faster. Higher speeds. Ten times faster than 4G. In other words, 5G technology gives you the capability to trans transmit information in the blink of an eye. There's a higher quality of audio and video that you can receive. Engineers and scientists, researchers, they, they, they say that it's important that we, we all move to 5G because then we can really begin to delve into smart cities. They already have self-driving cars. Well, that's possible because of 5G technology. We're moving more into AI and robotics, and it's necessary for 5G technology. It's going to be to the point that if you are not, uh, if, if you are not current with the most in the, in the recent, the most recent and the latest in technology, that you really won't be able to function successfully in society. There are cities that have already embraced this: your Chicago's, your Atlantas, your Houston's, your New York cities. 
spreading. And they want this to go to all the cities so that connectivity can be strengthened, so that productivity can be enhanced. We need 5G technology. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. Guess what? Jesus gave us 5G technology. He gave us 5G technology. That G represents gifts. He gave us five gifts, five governmental gifts. He gave us the apostle. He gave us the prophet. He gave us the evangelist. He gave us the pastor. And he gave us the teacher. Why? So we can speed the light on a whole other level. So that we can be more efficient as the body of Christ. So that we can be more effective. So that we can be more productive. So that we can be destructive to the power of darkness. He gave us 5G technology. Those governmental officers represent men and women throughout the world who have a special high calling from God to equip the saints, to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry, to help them to grow in the knowledge of who Christ is and who God is, to help them come to a place of maturity. Come on, it's time out for playing around. One thing I notice about children is, guess what? I don't care how smart your babies are. I don't care how intelligent they are. At the end of the day, there's one priority that all children have. They want to play. Right? They could be five on a fifth grade level. Mom, I want to play. No, you got to study some more. Uh, I want to play. Children are concerned with playing games. Children are not always concerned with, that, with, with those things that are most healthy for them. Right? Parents have to come in and regulate the diet because if you let them, they'll eat sweets and treats all day long. If you let them, they'll stay up all night long. So parents have to come in and regulate. And, 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 so, and so Jesus recognized that, hey, I'm transitioning. I'm ascending. My earthly ministry is done, and I need to make sure that those that I've left here on earth have what they need to advance my father's agenda. Somebody say 5G technology. Here's the main point right here. God wants Jesus-sized results in your life. He wants Jesus-sized results in your family, in your community, in cities, and in nations. In order for that to happen, we've got to recalibrate. We've got to recalibrate. We've got to recalibrate. Recalibration is simply uh, the, the, the recognition that something has to change. It means to plan or devise carefully to have a precise use, application, or appeal. In other words, it's making some adjustments based upon the results that you're currently getting. If we look at the, at the world today, there are too many communities that do not have light beaming on the inside. There's darkness in too many areas in our family, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our cities and in nations. And so something has to give. It's not on Jesus to do it. He did it all. Once for all time. He gave the gifts. He's raising up men and women who are called to preach, to teach, to lay hands, to advance in the work of miracles. But it's not just about those leaders. The reason he gave us 5G technology, the fivefold ministry, is because you and I can operate with that same technology. That's what it means to be equipped. In other words, you and I can be apostolic. You and I can be prophetic. 
Apostolic means that you are sent by God on a mission and an assignment. We quote that every Sunday. Prophetic means that you can hear God and respond. You can see what God is doing and respond. Evangelistic meaning that you are a witness for him. And you don't mind sharing your testimony because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Pastoral meaning you have the shepherd's heart. You, 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 you have compassion for people. You, you, you're willing to extend yourself to help people grow, to nurture people, to teaching anointing because he said, these things I've committed to you, teach to others. He said, make disciples. And every believer can be equipped with 5G technology. Every believer can be equipped to function at that supernatural level. So in other words, God wants you and I to go from being just bad people to being super bad. God wants to put his super on your natural to take you to another level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because guess what? He never changed his mind about using mankind to rule the world. Nas, the, the rapper Nas wrote a song years ago. He said, if I ruled the world. Uh, just, just imagine if Christians began to think like that. But we don't think like that. Why does Nas get to have that idea? Can you imagine your whole neighborhood, no, your whole neighborhood being on lock for Jesus? Can you imagine that we go back to the days of prohibition where we have dry counties, where we have dry cities, where you cannot get a liquor license because this is the zone of the people of God. We don't tolerate that. Y'all ain't saying amen enough. Listen, we, we have to elevate our thinking. Long gone are the days of just coming to church. Why settle for a flip phone when you can have 5G technology? Why settle for a lesser glory? Why settle for no authority? Every time a trial come and the devil bump you upside your head, you fall down and you sing in Donnie McClurkin, I fell down, I can't get up. Jesus got us our authority back. And guess what? Before he even gave them the Great Commission, this is what he said to help them understand. He says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, boys, don't worry about it. I got you. Don't, don't, don't be concerned about it. I got you. You are powerful. We are powerful when we tap in to the 5G technology. I got to keep going. It's important that we recalibrate. It's important that we make some adjustments because we need to care about the things that God cares about. When we recalibrate, our priorities will become his priorities. When we recalibrate, we'll come out of religion and begin to hunger and thirst for a supernatural experience. You see, the Bible talks about in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it, it, it says that uh, Luke is writing to Theopolis, and he says, these are the things that Jesus, I wrote to you about the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. We've settled for too long on just the teaching. But the gospel is not just about words. The gospel is about the power of God. The reason the gospel has any importance and any, any relevance is because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He's alive. Now, I don't think you realize what I'm saying. Jesus is alive. We think that when he rose, that he put on his immortality. 
He was raised from the dead. Why do you think when, he, when Thomas doubted, he showed him the scars? A perfected body wouldn't have that. An immortal being wouldn't have that. He's alive. He rose. He lives. And he lives in those of us who have accepted him as Savior and as Lord. Moving on, here's what happens. A few points. Recalibration has an origin or a start place. Recalibration begins in the place of prayer. After Jesus ascended, the Bible talks about how the, 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 the disciples, they were gazing in the air. They were watching him go up in the clouds. The scripture says they actually strained. Imagine that. They were, imagine men on their tiptoes kind of trying to see. And they watched him go into glory. They watched him ascend on the cloud. And then the Bible says there were two men in dazzling white robes. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand there gazing in the air? These men were bewildered. Jesus was all they knew. They forsook everything to follow him. They scattered at the crucifixion. But when they rejoined, they remembered that they had a mission. They had an assignment. They had a mandate from him. And so what they decided to do, even though he had already given them authority to cast out demons, he had already given them authority to heal the sick, he had already given them authority to teach and to preach, but this is what they recognized had to be a priority. They met for prayer. Recalibration begins in the prayer closet. Recalibration begins at the altar. In other words, if you recognize that there's some adjustments that need to be made in your life, the best place to receive that intel, the best way, the, the best place to receive uh, the power to make those adjustments is in the place of prayer. Because when you pray, when you pray, what you're doing is saying, God, I need your intervention right now. You are giving the Lord permission to move in your life. And I have to fast forward a bit, but if we go to chapter 2, they met daily. They met continually. And then there was a day, all of a sudden, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Hallelujah. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in an in a unknown tongue. And there was cloven tongues as of fire. When we humble ourselves, when we come to the place of recognizing that, God, I cannot do this with you. When you get tired of living a substandard life, when you get tired of just being in a natural state and you say, God, I want to have your super or my natural. And you bow your knees, you humble yourself, and you go to the place of prayer. The Holy Ghost will meet you and bring you up. He's the leader. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm, going not, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to pray to the Father that he send another advocate, another leader, someone to walk by your side, and he is the Holy Ghost. We can't recalibrate without him, saints. We can't make the adjustments that we need to make without him. Moving on, recalibration will produce three things. Three things. Three things. Recalibration will produce oneness, no more isolation, no more selfishness. Come on, that's 4G technology. No more out of control selfish ambition. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that when Peter stepped forward, the other 11 stepped forward with him. 
That's a picture of a collective move of God. That's a picture of unity that God wants us to recognize and grab a hold to. It is the day of the saints, not the day of the preacher. It's, it's the day of the saints. They moved in oneness. Somebody say oneness. Recalibra recalibration will cause us to bond together in unity like we never had before. The second thing recalibration does is it will cause us to change our presentation. Everybody say presentation. Uh, John said this in 1 John 4, 17, that we are as he is in this world. In other words, God is, he, he, he's done with that 4G and 2G and 3G technology that we step to situations, but we are not equipped to actually make something happen. We are not receptive to what he wants to do. Too often we've been in the presence of God, but nobody knows what to do next. God doesn't leave you through sin, through carnality. You lose your sense of awareness. Come on. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? So it's not him. You don't have the awareness. Your spirit man is dull. Your flesh is too alive. But when you invite the Holy Ghost... When you humble yourself and pray, your presentation will change. You won't just show up with an opinion. You'll show up with a word from the Lord. And you say, uh, 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 Mr. Such and Such, I'm sorry, but can I speak to you for a moment? I, I sense that God is telling me a word to give to you. We got coworkers that come to work busted and disgusted. We don't even know the abuses our coworkers suffer from. But we talk about them. Silently in the Christian way. I can't stand her when she on her. Oh, she wore red today. I know she on one today. We looking at flesh. We looking at the outward. Rather than tapping into what the Spirit of God is saying. The Lord will speak to you. I promise he will. I promise you he will. I can't tell you how many countless times in my prayer closet I've seen my co-workers ahead of time. Jesus said the Father shows the Son what he's doing. I saw people and I knew I had an assignment to minister to people. If you tap into this 5G technology, I promise you, God will begin to deal with you and give you the answer to already address the problem before you even know that it's a problem. You will show up differently. Recalibra recalibration produces oneness. It changes our presentation. And then it causes our trust level to go up. Remember, these men walked with Jesus for three to three and a half years, depending on what scholar you, you refer to. They walked with him. They left their families to be with him. They learned from him. And then he was gone. They had to come into a place where they relied on and trusted the Holy Ghost. You have to trust the third person of the Godhead Trinity. He is not a it. He is not a thing. But he is God, the Holy Ghost, who wants to work in you. He wants to work with you to be an agent of change in the earth. And what I love about God so much is that I don't have to be like somebody else for him to use me. He can use my personality. He can, he can use my uniqueness. Come on. He can use you. God is tired of clonism. He's tired of people pretending and putting on pretense and putting on falsehood, trying to be like somebody else. I asked who had phones, all these hands went up. 
We live in a day and time where even our babies got phones. In other words, you don't have to use somebody else's phone. You can get your own phone. Cricket, I don't care what it is. You can get the phone and use it. God wants to use you. These letters, oneness, the first letters in these words, oneness, presentation, trust, O-P-T. They spell the word opt. In other words, recalibration is a decision. It's a decision. In other words, just like that man with that flip phone that my son was pointing at. Son, don't point. Just like those who have 2G technology. Listen, if you feel like that's good for you, you can keep that. We gonna love you, right? Life will go on. But why settle for less when you can have the best? You have to opt into this. God is not going to make you embrace. He will be violating the principle that he, that he established. He will not violate your will. I think it's very plain. I don't know about you, but I like the thought of my communication trans transmitting and happening at the blink of an eye. I don't know about you, but I like, the, I like the idea of being able to connect in a way that I've never been able to connect. I like that. I need that. So my posture is, Lord, give me everything you have for me. Come on. My, my, my posture is, God, if it's for me, then I want it. My, my posture is, God, if this is what you have planned and established from days old, ancient days, then why would I not want what you have for me? If you agree with that, put your hands together and give God some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. As the praise and worship team comes back, I'm going to begin to land a plane here. God wants to use you, and he wants to use me to change the world. He wants to reestablish you in a place of authority. He wants you to reclaim your glory. Some people, when they come into Pentecostal settings, they have questions, as did I when I was young. I didn't understand why everybody was lifting their hands up. I didn't understand at that time why they had a projector and words on the screen. I didn't understand why people were so, so emotional. I didn't understand that. I love God too, but now in hindsight, I recognize that I was working with a lower technology. I had a lower revelation. I, I, I did not have this revelation that I have now. Didn't make me a bad person. I was still a child of God. I was still one of his sons. But the Bible distinguishes between two different kinds of sons. One son in John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as believed him, them or he gave power to become children or sons of God. That word is technon. And that speaks to a, a, a child that's born into a family. In other words, my son has my, some of my features because he's my seed. He has my DNA in him. He has my shoulders. When he get mad, his arms slump like mine used to. Ask my mother. She used to say, oh, there go them arms. My daughter has my cheeks. They're my biological children. That's technon. In other words, if you look at them and look at me, you can know that there's some resemblance. There's some connection there. That's a starting place. But God wants to elevate us to a place where we're not just technon. We're not just those who can be recognized as being churchgoers. 
we're not just those who can be recognized as being good Christians. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll open the door for you. Come on in. You know, I'll go and give some food. I, 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 will, I may see a panhandler and give him a few dollars. That's the Christian thing to do. I even give my tithes. I even volunteer. I'm on the auxiliary. I serve on a team. That's Tech 9. But that's 2 and 3G, maybe even 4G. The Lord wants to elevate us to 5G. And what is that? In Romans chapter 8, Paul says this, verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And that word son is huios, which means those who not only resemble him physically, not only are those who are born into his family, but they show up and they have his nature. They show up and they see things the way that he sees. They show up and they long for the things that he longs for. They have his values. They stand on his principles. And best, and best, and best of yet, they have his power living and flowing through them. So in other words, when just like Jesus, the scripture says that he declared the Father. He made him known. In other words, humanity, if you want to know what God is like, Jesus says, here he is. Here am I. God is a healer. Jesus healed. God is compassionate. He had compassion. God is a miracle worker. Jesus performed miracles. As he is, so are we in the earth. God wants us to show up in a whole different way, church. But we've got to recalibrate. We've got to go to a higher level. For some of us, that means that our diet has to change. Amen. I just paused for a moment. Amen. We have to opt in to a new way of living and being. And guess what? It's possible. It's possible. Why? Because he already paved the way. Jesus' death at the cross, it paved the way. The veil in the temple was rent in two. His body was that veil. Broken, bruised, pierced for you and I. We can step into 5G technology. And then Jesus gave us even greater assurance. He said, I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to give you that power that you need to go to that next level. You and I have an invitation, a standing invitation. In other words, God is never going to change his mind about you. He's never going to stop loving you. Stop beating yourself up. Stop saying, well, it's too late. I missed my time. Guess what? He's a redeemer of the time. I lost too much. Guess what? He can give you back what you lost. Whatever the locust ate up, whatever the caterpillar ate up, whatever the palmer worm ate up, come on, he can restore. He said, I'll give you back what you lost. Hallelujah. Come on, that ought to get somebody excited. That even no matter where I am right now, God still wants to use me. Stand on your feet. Come on, I want you to lift those hands. I want you to lift those hands. Hallelujah. Parkline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Parkland Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web 
at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.